You're listening to Once, episode 13, Listener Theories and Feedback. Welcome again to another podcast about Once Upon a Time. This is Once Podcast, and I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. And we're missing our third or fourth person, which is <laughs> Dan Flynn, wasn't able to make it with us today because he's just getting back from a conference. So he didn't want to come straight from the airport to this podcast. It's like, come on, priorities, man. <laughs> But we have been enjoying Once Upon a Time. We are four friends usually, but today we are three. <laughs> Enemy, I mean, friends. Now, now we're three. Remember? Grumpy said now we're seven. Oh, oh, oh. oh. I, I was Since 13 you didn't say now we're seven, I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you check us out on the website over at oncepodcast.com. Check out the blog and the other podcasts that we have over there. You can subscribe in iTunes and much more. And I am so happy to announce on the podcast that we now have forums. We've been overdue for forums. And a couple people had sent in some messages asking, are we going to start some forums here? When can we have some forums? And we're getting so much feedback and conversation going on on each blog post it was time for the forums. So if you go to oncepodcast.com slash forums, then you can join the forums there, log in with Facebook or Twitter or create your own username and password. It's really easy. And share your theories there. Talk about your theories and ideas with other listeners. Talk about their theories and ideas. It's a great place to be a part of the community so that we can make this so much better of a community about Once Upon a Time, our new favorite TV show going on. So check that out over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And you know what? Onceforums.com will also take you there too. Nice. Yeah. Yay. I'm going to like register once everything. <laughs> once this, once that. Once upon a dreary. What? <laughs> no. So let's get into talking about these awesome theories that we have. And we're doing this show live. Our schedule has changed. So now we're doing these shows live on Wednesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time over at noodle.mx slash live. And for this episode, we're actually going to take some time to take some live phone calls in our podcast and get some people actually in here to talk to us for real and interact with our voices with our listeners, which will be awesome. So you don't want to miss these live shows. We can't guarantee that we'll be able to do this every time, taking live calls, but we're going to try and do some of that right now. Well, starting with our feedback, this came in from Nicole, and Nicole said, Hey guys, I love your podcast. It's entertaining and thought-provoking. You all seem to genuinely love the show. I only have a small observation. I noticed that the stranger has bright blue eyes... But Henry has green eyes. This probably means that they can't be the same person. Keen observation, Nicole. Yeah. Unless you are more observant than the casting director. (laughs) 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 Which could be. However, I'm pretty sure due to the structuring of the end of the episode when the stranger showed up that he's the boy who found Emma and that boy was seven 
And Henry's already 10, so I think we're a little too late already for any time-traveling Henry. <laughs> so I think you're correct. Yeah, it could be. We also got a voicemail in from Starry Dreamer about this idea of Pinocchio being the the stranger. And this is a popular theory that maybe Pinocchio is the, uh, the stranger. And Starry Dreamer, by the way, sent in this voicemail by going just straight to oncepodcast.com. And she clicked on the little tab that says send a voice message. Recorded this. Super easy. We'd love it if you would do that if you want to send in some voice messages. But we also have 903-231-2221, which is all over the website, or email feedback at oncepodcast.com. But here's what Starry Dreamer had to say. Hi, guys. This is Starry Dreamer from Canada. I just have another comment with regards to uh, the Pinocchio theory when it comes to the stranger. Uh, If we look at Geppetto or Marco in Storybrooke, he mentioned in one of the earliest episodes, I think the first one, that uh, he didn't have a son, that he and his wife never had a son. So that leads credence to the fact that Pinocchio, as the real boy, because we did see him in episode one as a real boy on the floor, um, that uh, in fact Pinocchio is missing in action in Storybrooke. Where is this parentless child uh, that would have been uh, part of the curse? So perhaps you guys are right from last week where you suggested that uh, Geppetto may have crafted something out of the uh, the tree as a test run uh, before Emma could be sent through. So maybe Emma and the seven-year-old boy, maybe the stranger, maybe Pinocchio, were the two people rescued from Storybrooke. Just a thought. Love your show. Keep it up. Thanks. I have a theory that Pinocchio is going to show up in the schoolhouse still as a bit a uh, little boy. I think. Or here's something to consider in this, and I just had this thought. We're seeing people in Storybrooke as what they originally were. Jiminy Cricket, originally a human, and he's a human in Storybook. Oh. Pongo, originally a dog. It's a dog in Storybook. And Pinocchio's parents, originally humans, marionettes in Storybrooke. <laughs> what? Dead. Well, unfortunately. That was yeah, Geppetto's that's parents. That's true. That's what I meant. Sorry. And, well, and also the uh, little yard gnome in Regina's <laughs> front yard is still a yard gnome. There. Yes. Because he's also dead. Because she? she's an evil queen. But we also, uh, the other uh, Rumpelstiltskin is a regular person in Storybrooke. So I'm wondering. Mm. I like your theory is, Are we even going to see Pinocchio? Because maybe he doesn't exist because he's a wooden puppet. Maybe he's a wooden puppet in Mr. Gold's pawn shop. Or maybe he wasn't originally a puppet. Yeah, he was originally a puppet. Well, he was in the Disney version, <laughs> but maybe well, he wasn't. The, the whole, he was a tree. He was a tree. The maybe Pinocchio story. is he just the, the whole forest. <laughs> <laughs> or just one tree or and who's to say which tree. one yeah that's yeah. true has there been a tree we've focused on a whole lot all but of them I, I don't know because it's well let me read this message from Amanda because she explains this well Amanda said I like the theory of Pinocchio being the seven year old to find Emma on the freeway however the blue fairy says all magic has its limits and the tree can only protect one yeah. Yep. Good so, point. And and we've seen I mentioned this in the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. Join today. <laughs> sign in with Facebook, Twitter, or create an account. 
Hashtag shameless plug. <laughs> um, I mentioned over there that we've already seen them almost go out of their way to multiple times tell us about the limitations of magic. And they're mostly sticking with those limitations. Stuff like magic can't bring people back from the dead. Magic can't kill people. Well, it can't kill people. That was the genie who said he won't kill anyone. Uh, wishes in that. So I think if they've said all magic has its limits and the tree can only protect one, I think they're going to stick with that. I think so too. So I think Amanda has a really good point there. But there may have been another way to send somebody through, just probably not Pinocchio in that case. I still think he's from Storybrooke. Mm. Could be. I think so. I think we'll find out. It depends. I want to see this whole Emma being found as a baby scene. I want to know where it is and how a seven-year-old came to find her. Because I think we all keep imagining a road like we keep seeing in Storybrooke going through the woods. But it could have been, as I think you pointed out at some point, that it's right in the middle of a city or something like that. So it might not be so far-fetched for there to be a seven-year-old boy there. I kept thinking of it as an isolated place. And so if there was a boy there that maybe he came through at the same time she did. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think, I don't like that theory, actually. I don't think any, because nobody went into the wardrobe with her. Well, I was thinking of another way, but really the news stories would have all said like seven-year-old boy and baby found on the side of the road, not. Maybe you went in ahead of her. But does it mean that... It's supposed to be just one, so... Yeah. Or maybe the queen had some way of sending someone ahead. I don't know. She did say that he looked vaguely familiar. Yeah. I don't know. We have a poll running in the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. (laughs) (laughs) Participate in our poll. Yes. Asking whom you think the stranger is. And I've set the poll up so that you can vote for two of the options and you can change your vote as we go along just don't change it once we find out so it's like yes i was right all along i knew it now he is a writer and people are saying various writers he could be however those are historical figures people that we know really existed so i tend to think that he's not one of them like one of the brothers Grimm or hans christian anderson no that other show Grimm. (laughs) they are descendants of the Grimm family, I kind of tend to think it's not going to be that either. But what if he is... Hmm. I don't know. I was going to say, what if he's sort of like their creator in a way? By writing the stories, he creates that world. Sort of like Myst, if you've ever <laughs> played the Myst games. Hmm. But... Yeah, I've I don't thought know about if, that too. I don't know if I like that either, unless he's sort of ageless, because obviously the stories do exist from... Grimm and Hans Christian Andersen before, even if he wrote Henry's book, those stories presumably existed before Henry's book. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, it's tricky. Um, one of the things that someone else had also theorized similar to, uh, I can't remember who it was in the forums, but we've been talking about this is the idea that maybe this is someone who is an outsider who's who knows about the curse and they want to come in maybe there's supposed to be a he's supposed to be a love interest for Emma I think that's what's going to happen is he'll become a love interest for Emma maybe yeah I don't know if I think that 
she suspected it in an interview, but she didn't have any, she didn't say anything for sure. Amanda also sent in a question for us and she said, she asked, where did Mary Margaret Blanchard get this unique fairy tale book? As Emma says, they are not the traditional stories. Could this book have come with one of the cursed? Come with them? Yeah. Hmm. It's possible. It is possible. Like maybe that they had a scribe. Right. Who was recording all of these stories up until sending Emma, or their at least their plans to send Emma. Because we don't know how far the book goes, do we? Well, it has... It has the curse, and it has Emma's birth, and there really isn't anything after that. So it's got the monkeys. <laughs> it's true; it does. <laughs> it it, co- it covers up to the curse, but that could be every story. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe it was sent with someone who was cursed, and that person is the one who wrote the book simply as a log of events, like the 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 scribe the royal right. scribe and somebody really liked to draw too <laughs> <laughs> yes it's like putting pictures to history so then part of the curse history. was just maybe his love was that he wrote down the stories so part of the curse was that his love of writing down history turned into simply fairy tales and so he was separated from his love hmm. <laughs> I, I know it's a stretch but it kind of makes sense kind of a lot of stuff kind of makes sense kind of makes once sense. upon a time. I still keep wanting to think that he's Henry, but I don't think that he is. But uh, the, he knew where the book was, and I don't know how he knew that. Nicole's, Unless he's like a creepy stalker. Nicole's well, catch about the color of the eyes, I think, is really good. And I think that is something that's important. And I, yeah. I count that as very good evidence. I don't yeah. think it's Pinocchio. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Either. I don't think it's Pinocchio because he doesn't have any, like, characteristics of pinocchio and, yeah well, pinocchio didn't write things right he didn't even go to school <laughs> he tried to go to school no he just, he he just had a variable length nose <laughs> pinocchio pinocchio i could talk about pinocchio but i won't jenny how about you read this next message <laughs> all right this one's from ben it says, great podcasts, just wondering how the Dark Lord, quote-unquote, could be imprisoned. Any thoughts? And I do have thoughts, actually. Because we saw it. (laughs) That's how. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Dark Lord could be controlled. The original Dark Lord, or Mm -hmm. the the one that we saw first, um, could be controlled if you possessed his real name. And actually, it was Dark One. The Dark One, yes. Yes, I, I was wondering why I didn't sound right. <laughs> Dark One. And his name was Zoso. But Rumpelstiltskin is doing nothing to keep his name a secret. Mm-hmm. So why isn't everyone controlling him? Just wondering. Was it the name or was it the sword? Well, he said there's a name on the dagger. Oh, good it, point. It was kind of a, a connection of things. He said uh, there's a dagger that has the name. Okay. And when you have the dagger, you control him. Hmm. And hmm. Rumpelstiltskin had to call Zoso's name in order to summon him. I summon thee! Yeah. I have had a thought about that recently, and I'd forgotten about it. Obviously, the name on the dagger changed to Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. While well, it was the dark one. still in the dark one. Creepy. <laughs> 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 it was so gross. Amid the gut. Ew. The name on the Actually, dagger he changed. he did pull it out. He did. There was blood, and then it changed. 
Oh, it changed after. Thanks yeah. for clarifying. Oh, well. Yuck. <laughs> Either way, it was among his guts at some uh, point. But um, so when the curse was enacted and sometime before that, everybody knew who Rumpelstiltskin was. And when he was imprisoned, he was pretty much infamous, I think. But sometime before that, people didn't know who he was. Red referenced whispers and Snow didn't know him for sure when she saw him. She had to figure out, so you're Rumpelstiltskin. But later, I mean, yeah, they'd met him. Yeah. So, I mean, that helps. But it seemed like, you know, there was the comment about he's the most dangerous man in all the land and all that sort of thing. I don't think everyone, necess- like, I don't think everybody knew Rumpelstiltskin. Well, maybe not. Here, Maybe not. He Here, was a poor guy. I mean, his small town knew him. Maybe that wasn't the same small town that um snow white lived in or did red um, riding hood lived in now i have to go back in the price of gold did cinderella know who he was when he showed up did she say something like your rumple stiltskin no no okay no she actually didn't know what's going on for when did she figure out who he was because she knew his name at some (laughs) (laughs) she knew his name at some point i think he introduced maybe he did now I want to go back and look, though. Yeah. Because... I don't think he was well-known. I do remember... Well... His name is important in the original story, and I started realizing that in... Which episode was he featured in? Now I'm starting to forget. Uh, Desperate Souls. Yeah. They made a point of the soldiers not knowing who he was before he was the Dark One. So, you know, it was sort of subtle, but there has been some stuff about whether his name is known or isn't known. Not maybe in a controlling sort of way, but... Well, he doesn't... He's not afraid to use his name. Yeah, like, our, everybody who gets to know him knows his name. It doesn't say, I am the dark one. In our chat <laughs> room... He's skin. One of our anonymous listeners <laughs> mentioned that, yes, he did introduce himself okay. in, uh, to Cinderella. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And um, I want to also mention... Well, first, the Dark One could be imprisoned by magic. Right. Because he said that to Cinderella. Mm-hmm. You know, the only way to get out of this or to imprison me, he, he's basically being like Samson and telling, here's the only way, cut my hair. <laughs> and he uh, he tells her because he knows he's going to get imprisoned, I think. So we see some of that magic imprisoning him as soon as he signs the contract. And... Then what's keeping him, though, in prison, it's something about the prison itself, I think. Right. And Dwarf this, blood. Well, this brings along something that... <laughs> I really don't think that has... Like, I know. I'm just well, kidding. Okay. Here, here's where I think I've made that connection of the dwarf blood thing, is after we watched the Cinderella or the Snow White Disney movie, I realized the dwarves worked in a diamond mine. We hear that again in... One of the most recent episodes, the one with yeah. Stealthy, is Grumpy said that he was working in the diamond mines. Yeah. That comes from Disney. And so they worked in the diamond mines. If you go back and see the scenes where Rumpelstiltskin is imprisoned, there are diamonds in the cave walls. Okay. Which, I think the dwarf <clears throat> blood thing is just implying that, that a lot of hard work went into that. Yes, that's what I'm thinking too, is that... That's it's wh- not actually dwarf blood. There's no th- nothing magical about dwarf blood that we know of. I that just we think know just, of. I think it was just that a whole lot of hard of work 
Yeah. Hard of work. Hard work went into <laughs> and and it could that. also be that the dwarves dug that specific area of the mine just for Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, so there maybe be that's holes why in he the was walls saying, for yeah. all this time. <laughs> so, by the way, that also disproves my theory that it was the exact same mine where Cinderella and Grumpy were locked up under the castle. They just reused the props, but it didn't have the shiny diamonds on the walls, different gate on the inside, all of that. So that. That was a bad theory. I mine. thought so. Like I, I said, they don't have endless funding. But, but it was cool. They can't go when around I, buying multiple caves. When I rewatched that episode and saw Rumpelstiltskin, I did notice there are diamonds along the walls. So that is the diamond okay. mine. Because they refer to it, um, Thomas referred to it as a mine. They converted the mines. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, is there something about diamonds that prevents Rumpelstiltskin from escaping. Because quite honestly, you'd think they'd just pick out the diamonds they could see before they <laughs> converted the mine into a prison. Yeah. He's all about gold. Diamonds are worth more than gold. <laughs> so maybe diamonds are like his kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. But but uh, I mean, I suppose. Yeah. Going on. From there, we had a, a voicemail then from Brian Carruthers about the dagger and some theories that he wanted to share with us. Hey, guys, this is Brian Carruthers again from the TVNJ Show podcast. And I was just thinking about the episode about Mr. Gold and how he got his powers with the dagger and everything. I was just wondering, um, do you think in the real world, the dagger is probably in the real world somewhere, um, do you think it says Rumpelstiltskin, or does it say Mr. Gold? Where do you think he's hiding it? If he even still has it, do you think there might be somebody that has gotten access to that dagger and actually has power over Mr. Gold? And I was also thinking... That is a really interesting idea. I'm sure the dagger still exists. I'm sure it still mm-hmm. says Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. And maybe someone, I think it was in the forums, had also theorized that maybe Rumpelstiltskin is his first name. So the yep. traditional fairy tale is kind of flipped with Storybrooke so that in the modern world, people would gain power over him. He has power over everyone. So in Storybrooke, maybe someone would gain power over him after knowing his name, Rumpelstiltskin. Interesting. So where is that dagger? I'm certain it probably exists in Storybrooke somewhere. Maybe Rumpelstiltskin's looking for it. Uh, yeah, like uh, digging in the woods. Diggy, diggy hole. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Regina has it. Eh, maybe. I don't think so. Maybe she doesn't know it exists. We'll see. Or she doesn't think she because needs we, it, even if still she has it. We still don't know when Regina met Rumpelstiltskin and that original deal took place for the Dark Curse. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why are Geppetto's parents still puppets? Because they're dead. Because they weren't originally puppets. They're dead, though. But they were puppets when the curse was enacted. But yeah, Jiminy Cricket was a cricket when the curse was enacted. But he wasn't yeah. dead. You yeah. think they're dead? You think they're dead? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's... Because <laughs> the fairy said she couldn't reverse what had been done. Maybe that's... Yeah. But but a Rumpelstiltskin's magic is powerful. It maybe might, his curse is... It might be the same are, thing as that gnome that's in regina's yard is it ever going to come back to life that's why i consider them dead if they weren't reversed in the curse then they're dead most likely maybe they're just irrelevant (laughs) 
Brian continued on with his message. About King Midas and um, Robosovkin, and I was wondering if they're actually going to meet up sometime and how King Midas's power actually maybe Robosovkin killed King Midas, and that's how he got the ability to spin wool into gold. Mm. I don't know. So that's a cool theory. That was never in the the original fairy tales. That is, yeah, Midas is a Greek mythological character. Yeah, so he was never in any fairy tales. So he might have he might have showed up on Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if maybe Rumpelstiltskin will have something to do with Shane. <gasps> What, 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 what? Okay, here's, here's a theory. Here's a theory. We've still been wondering and are still wondering, how is it that David or uh, that James and Abigail cancel their wedding? We've kind of joked before about what if the nag with a bad attitude got the bad <laughs> attitude because her husband or, or... romantic interest, Frederick, was turned into gold either intentionally or accidentally by King Midas. What if Rumpelstiltskin is able to to turn Frederick back to human mm. and then Abigail runs off with him mm. that calls off the wedding that is dead yeah but is gold dead dead it's dead it's being turned to gold dead I, I there like are no the metabolic theory, processes in process. I like the theory better <laughs> that um oh is it James or is it David James in fairytale world dug up his dead brother and Planted him somewhere in the palace, and now they all think he's dead. So that's <laughs> why he was able to run away. I think, I think that's a better theory than somebody turning from gold. I think New James just said, you know what? Not marrying the nag. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she was turned into gold. We, we don't oh, quite know. But, but Grumpy did say he's not getting married. But or... where, did he get his, where did he get his information from? It just news comes. To... Well, remember... He got it probably from Little Red Riding Hood because James came to what we think is Snow White's old cabin looking for her and Red was there and she said, she's gone. She hasn't been here since uh, that. And so I guess she was the one that realized he's called off the wedding. She goes and tells Grumpy and then Grumpy tells Snow White. Mm. Heard it through the grapevine. You know, we've <laughs> never seen the king... I don't remember his name. James's George? Who's King George? Yeah, I think that's right. His father. Yeah. We've never seen him in any period after that. Like when Snow and James got married, he wasn't right. there. So maybe he's going to die. Maybe he's turned to gold. Right. Maybe <laughs> something also, happens to him. I don't so like then it's him. easy for the marriage to be off. I mean, isn't he the big problem? He is the big problem. And he is I think he's the only living person that knows that James isn't the real James. Right. Because there was that there were those few soldiers who went with James to they kill all the dragon. Died. <laughs> but I did they all die? I thought oh, maybe one, one of, them, of them survived. Oh right, right. right. Or did he? Oh and that maybe he still died anyway. That monster thing, what was it that the he dragon? slayed? Yeah. No, not the dragon. The real James slayed a giant guy. What did he call oh, him? Oh a brute. A brute. He slayed a brute. <laughs> but the brute was alive. Did they let him live? I wonder if they let him live. The brute. No, he probably died. <laughs> Somehow. 
And just like we want to do many times, we're getting a live call in from Noah. Hey, Noah. Hey, I was just calling in to say gravy or butter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what our response to that is, Noah? Kiss my boot. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Noah. Thank you. Bye. I'm gonna say gravy. <laughs> no. I would have gone butter. I would have gone butter because the Evil Queen went gravy. But she's course. very persuasive. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she is. <laughs> uh, actually, what are we even talking about? I wouldn't have gravy. done either one. We're talking about Hansel or butter. <laughs> well. <laughs> We can move on. Or did you have something, Jeremy, that you wanted to mention? Well, the chat room has been chatting and it's given me an idea. Maybe um, James is just going to expose the whole plot and the whole thing about who he really is to King Midas. And Midas is going to turn George into gold on purpose. Hmm. Hmm. Could be. I don't think we've seen the last of them. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we we could go into spoilers, but we're not going to. <laughs> Jeremy, would you read the next message from Joel? Absolutely, I will. Joel says, "Had to write in response to this week's episode about fruit of the poisonous tree. You guys were theorizing about genie's reference to one thousand one wishes. I'm pretty sure it's simply a reference to the origin of the genie story in one thousand one Arabian Nights." which is kind of an Arab equivalent to the Grimm's fairy tales. Love the podcast. I think um, somebody else also said something about the same thing. Nani, maybe, in the comments and the forum. Um, so that could be. Yeah, that's that's a great catch there. Uh, would be a nice little cameo, I guess you could call that. It also brings in, you know, depending on how long the show runs, if they need to do extra stories... Which, you know, side note, is why I'm a fan of having a planned end date for a series so they can just tell the story they want to tell and not have to drag it out. But if they do have to drag it out at some point, they can bring in so many other stories from Grimm or possibly from 1001 Arabian Nights. Yeah, very true. Very true. And the the whole genie thing is used a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not just Aladdin. So... Right. Really, if they don't follow Aladdin, that's fine. The, now the whole genie thing is a fairy tale. Did he, didn't he call himself the genie of Agrabah? He's the genie of the lamp. He said he'd been the genie of the lamp and okay. for a certain amount of time. Kind of. Okay. Agrabah was his, yeah. was his homeland. Okay. So perhaps he wasn't always a genie? It, that would be interesting. It could be something too. like the next person who rubs the lamp becomes the genie. Hmm. Maybe that's it. Like once the genie is out, then the next person that rubs it to get a wish becomes the genie. Oh. But the king didn't become a genie. Well, the, there were still wishes left. So I'm saying after the last wish is used, if there's no genie, maybe the next person becomes it. Ah, oh, I get it. Yeah, kind of, you know, pass it on. Like, they don't know <laughs> that there's no genie in there, so... Yep. Oops, I'm a genie now! <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound effect. <laughs> I should have never wished. <laughs> I should. 
<laughs> we got yeah. this message in from, I think it's pronounced Doogies or Duggies. <laughs> he said, just listen to this week's podcast and here's why I think they have an old phone. He's talking about in reference to Mary Margaret having that old texting phone. Henry, Jared Goldmore, Gilmore, just like Walt in Lost, is going to get older and older in real life. Walt was, was written off Lost since no one else aged and he would have looked out of place. Henry is supposed to be 10 and if the show runs for five or six seasons, he will no longer look like a 10-year-old. The clock has started in Storybrooke and he will age and new technology will be introduced by season by season and his growing up and aging in real life will not be a problem. Mm. Hope that makes sense. Feel free to edit <laughs> to make more sense. <laughs> well, you know what? No need to edit. Yeah. Um, that, it makes, it makes and, sense, but the show is moving pretty much in real time. So yeah. it makes sense if he ages. See, Lost all happened in... I mean, the majority of Lost happened in, what, 100 days? I forget. I just know there were whole seasons that took place in two to four weeks. And so yeah. Walt's aging didn't work very well. They had different, you know, there were different reasons. But, um, you know, Henry's fine aging. My bigger problem is why bother to make the show take place in 2007 unless you're going to do something with that time span? Mm-hmm. In which case, well, I have some thoughts on that. But <laughs> well, Go ahead. Go ahead. We're on the okay. topic. So... I feel like they wouldn't have made it take place in 2007. I can't see any reason unless they're going to, at some point, skip, in a sense, part of the story in Storybrooke. Jump ahead, you know, maybe one year, two years, all the way to our present day, to 2012. And then tell the story through flashbacks. And what the rest of the show looks like at that point, I don't know. One of my biggest predictions for the year is that the curse will be broken or... in part or or fully this year you're saying this year or next we keep assuming that that's the end game but that's not necessarily true they could some people could end up back in fairy tale everybody could end up back in fairy tale or something else could happen but the problem might be and originally i had an entire theory that really was working in my head that they break the curse and but somehow now Rumpelstiltskin has the upper hand. He has control of everything for some reason. And Henry goes back to Storybrooke, but because they're in separate realms, he's able to just go to a different point for whatever reason, or he can't predict where he comes out or whatever, and he finds Emma, Mm. and then he's the stranger. I had all this in my mind until I realized (laughs) the seven-year-old is already too young. Henry's already too old to be that person, even if it happened right now. So that theory is a bit has a few holes in it, but I still think that if not this year, then next year we'll see the curse broken in part or in full, but it won't be quite the result that we all think it will be. Here's, here's a thought I have on that. And we've talked about this, not on the podcast um, is maybe when the curse is broken, we're going to continue seeing two storylines. Like they'll break the curse and Storybrooke will continue on from this point forward, and then you know, people will be the curse will be broken. Whatever people will be um, uh, living life or moving on from that. But then, 
here's an idea that maybe we'll go back to fairy tale land when the evil queen enacts the curse. And then like just moments after it happens, everyone is suddenly back. And it's like, what? You broke my curse. Kind of thing. <laughs> but then we see uh, like a war happen in fairy tale land of after the curse was enacted, but then broken and everyone's back there. So then, so it would be two separate timelines and maybe the fairy tale people wouldn't realize that they'd come from Storybrooke or maybe they would, but then the Storybrooke people might not know that they're also back in fairy tale land. It's kind of like <laughs> take, I guess what I'm saying is take what they know now or when they have knowledge of the curse and the curse is broken and then they're suddenly split and put in two places. They're kept in Storybrooke and they're sent back to fairy tale mm. land with this new knowledge. That's wild. I don't want to see split people. I don't either. <laughs> I just want them to go back to fairy tale um, land where they belong. <laughs> but I do think that there could be a conflict in fairy tale. And at the same time, we could have, I'm not sure how to fit all the pieces of my predictions together, but we could have flashbacks to Storybrooke instead to kind of tell some of the rest of the story there. Or maybe not. I don't know. I just think there's something to this. There's a purpose to setting the story five years back. But if they were to jump forward, then we'd have the opposite problem. We'd have Henry too young. So Henry would have to be somewhere else. Maybe he ends up in fairy tale, but that would need other characters. So I don't know. Some of these thoughts have holes. I just think that the two basic things that I'm still holding to are that the curse could be broken before we think think it will be. And that there is a reason, something about the storytelling for setting Storybrooke five years back. Some have asked if, it's a different time than the outside world, but I don't think so because Henry aged normally. By now, Emma would have noticed the wrong dates on things. And Henry aged 10 years and Emma knew living in the outside world that she had a son 10 years ago. So the time seems to be in sync. I don't think there's a time differential between Storybrooke and the outside world. Mm. So, And Emma uses a Blackberry. and who after 2007 in their right mind would use a blackberry well really yeah we've talked about this that usually they would put something a little fancier looking but instead she's using a blackberry right which is why we took note of mary margaret's candy bar phone usually (laughs) even if it's (laughs) that's what they call them it's not a flip phone it's a candy bar phone nice Uh, so yeah but these days even if it's not necessarily true that all people have smartphones in television production they tend to want to give everyone iphones just because it looks nice and they didn't do that for her it was a notably retro phone if you know in the technology world five years is retro and you know that's just in keeping with the year that we think it is based on other evidence we got a brief email in from marissa that well first of all she commented on a previous post and she said that she was so happy to hear her name mentioned in the podcast but she sent in a link for us that is she says it's a website that has free versions of a bunch of grim fairy tales i think this would be a good resource for you to post on your fans site and that is a great resource we'll have that in the show notes for this episode over at oncepodcast.com/13 the address is 
Bartleby or Bartle by I B-A- say Bartleby. That's a weird name. I kind of wanted to say it a few times just because it's fun. B A R T L E B Y dot com slash seventeen slash two. And we'll have that link in the show notes at uh, onespodcast.com slash 13. Jenny, why don't you read the next message? Oh, okay. Kim says, Many people believe that Regina is the Miller's daughter. If we suppose that this is true, according to the fairy tale, the Miller's daughter made three deals with Rumpelstiltskin so he would spend straw and gold for her. Once for necklace, once for a ring, and once for her firstborn child. Well, upon seeing that the miller's daughter could spend straw to gold. The king married her, and thus the miller's daughter became queen. Queen gives birth birth to her first child within the year, and Rumpelstiltskin comes back to collect on the deal. The queen is horrified and begs for him to release her from the contract. At, At this point, I have read two variations of the story, and the basis of my theory lies in the wording of one one has Rumpel saying, if you can find out my name in three days, and the other has him saying, if you can guess my name, my name in three days. My theory is that the queen was supposed to guess his name. However, we know in the common fairy tale that one of her messengers overheard Rumpel doesn't actually, I think it was her maid. She sent the maid. That was in the story that I heard anyway. Hmm. Say his name in the woods and reported it back to the queen who was then able to quote-unquote guess the name and thus keep her baby. What if this is the secret that she shared with Snow White? What oh. is Snow White? What if what if Snow White let it slip that the queen did not really guess the name, but had been told if Rumpelstiltskin found out, then he would have come back to collect saying the deal had not been satisfied. So the queen in the end loses her child to Rumpelstiltskin because of Snow White. A child would be something you love most. It would also explain Regina's obsess- obsessive need to have Henry else. Can I point that out to you? Oh. Makes sense. Her In the chat trying- room, they're saying, gasp, dude, awesome theory. <laughs> her trying to get Hansel and Gretel to stay with her and her hatred of Snow White. Wow, that doesn't make sense. She is trying to fill her aching void of a lost child. It would also connect to Mr. Gold saying, which deal was that? And Regina's extremely cold look. Ooh. It just makes me all quivery inside. That gave me chills. <laughs> if I we take it. this theory a step further, let's suppose that Rumpelstiltskin collects, that's just really hard to say, <laughs> collected evil queen Regina's firstborn and somehow took him, I'm assuming in this theory that the firstborn was a baby boy, out of fairy tale land and placed him in the real... Are you reading ahead? No, I'm re- listening <laughs> with you. <laughs> placed him in the real world. A few years later, all heck breaks loose in fairytale land, and Emma is placed in a magic wooden box and ends up in the real world as well. Maybe if many years later, these two lost children of the fairytale land met. Two lost children. So this is Emma, Emma and... Emma and okay, 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 got it. Could Regina's lost child be Henry's father? This would add complexity to the story as the two bitter enemies, Regina and Snow White are, in fact, grandparents to Henry. Well, that's creepy. Or could this be the mysterious stranger in Storybrooke? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Wow, Kim, you're a deep thinker. That 
is awesome. So, so I don't think she's saying that he's the seven-year-old. The no, baby is not. the seven-year-old. But she's just saying that Emma and he had Henry. God. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody leaked the roadmap for the show's first season online, did they? <laughs> that That's a really great theory. Awesome that is a great theory. Theory. Oh, Kim, Kim, you have to post that in the forum so everyone else can talk about that too. Uh, and tell us how we how you came to this theory. That yeah, would be great. That is totally awesome. Even if you just copy and paste this in the forums, or maybe I'll do that for you. <laughs> you can go comment <laughs> it's a on great your own theory. Post. I really like that. That, wow. I I can't really add anything to we that. I don't really it's need just, to watch that the show anymore. It's just, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we know how that That's an awesome theory, Kim. Hmm. Listeners, we'd love to have your feedback on that. Go to either the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums, or you can comment on the show notes for this episode at once, uh, oncepodcast.com slash 13. And if we post this in the forums, we'll have a link to it from the show notes so you can talk about specifically this point of what uh, of what uh, Kim shared. With I really us. think Kim deserves some cheering monkeys. Some cheering monkeys? Yeah. <laughs> Kim needs some cheering monkeys. Or people. I don't think I have the cheering monkeys queued. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and a Rumpelstiltskin laugh. Yeah. <laughs> guys are just messing with all of my <laughs> things. Oh, by the way, you're going to play that thing that somebody sent us. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to hear it at some point. That man. was great. Jeremy, why don't you read the next message from Danielle? From Danielle. She says, Hi, guys. First off, I love your podcast. It is a blast to listen to and also pick up on items that I may have missed while watching. You all have a great sense of humor. I have quickly, that would have been a great place for a Rumpelstiltskin laugh. <laughs> oh, a uh, real one. Authentic, I meant. <laughs> I have quickly become a fan of Once Upon a Time and have always had a fascination with Grimm's fairy tales, folklore, and a healthy dose of Disney love. This show hits the spot for all of that. While I could talk about a ton of stuff with this show, I wanted to quickly say that my theory about Cinderella's pregnancy and timing of the birth and storybook, just because you guys have discussed this quite a bit. I think that the birth now is directly connected to the clock starting, a.k.a. time starting, at Emma's arrival. This also means she did not give birth before the curse took place. All of the characters did not age, except for Emma and Henry, of course, as they were outside of the curse. So I think that also meant the birth couldn't happen until now either. The characters have been in this sort of limbo. This could also be a part of the curse, as without aging or growth, the characters seem to be very accepting of their situations and not showing the bravery and drive to change their lives and find happiness their happy endings. Whether or not breaking the curse means completely freeing the characters to pursue their happy endings and have a life and a home, a home not a cage, on their terms or returning all of the characters back to fairy tale land is yet to be seen, but isn't that exciting? Keep up the good discussions. We'll all be tuning in. Thanks. Hmm. Good thoughts. I tend to agree. And since she brought the Cinderella we introduced that we would be recording this episode and I mentioned that there would be a great reveal that I was wrong about something. And that was Cinderella <laughs> and Snow White's timelines and how they matched up. Someone 
uh, a couple people actually, or a few people by now, have pointed out that at Cinderella's wedding, James was wearing a wedding ring. Right. So Snow White could have been pregnant already. Yeah, she could have been. And probably was because Snow White right. had the baby first. Yeah. And then Cinderella Yeah, was and Cinderella wasn't too far behind. Yeah. Because like, she had the baby right after time started in Storybrooke. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... The the idea here comes in that, well, for one thing, it's interesting that James has a wedding ring because wedding rings are a, more of a modern invention for men. Mm. But this is fairy tale land. This they is a modern show. <laughs> <laughs> and I I went back and I watched a couple things. Like I rewatched that episode or parts of that episode, and I saw that also Sean has a wedding ring, so it's not just a. James's ring that he's wearing. It is a wedding ring. And I even went back to the pilot because I thought, I wonder if this is just some kind of prop they added in later. So I went back to the pilot episode and watched what we saw of James just before they were married when he kissed Snow White. He was not wearing a ring on his finger. At their wedding, he had a ring on his finger. Within the same episode. So it is deliberate, the wearing of the ring. So I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) and i've updated the timeline accordingly so that we now know that cinderella got married after snow white so when snow white got married rumpelstiltskin was still loose right now because of the amount of time we can probably still believe that rumpelstiltskin met cinderella and that whole thing happened before snow white and james were married but the timing of that isn't as important. It's just reasonable to assume that maybe there was a month or two between when Cinderella met Thomas or Sean Thomas, Prince Thomas, <laughs> when she met Thomas and they're getting married later. Mm-hmm. So it's maybe on either sides of, of uh, Snow White's wedding. So I was wrong. I feel like there should be a sound bite here somehow, but I don't know what it is. That that one works. <laughs> so we, um, I thought of this a minute ago, and I don't remember under what context, but one question we technically still have is just how did Henry come to believe that this, all that he believes about his book and about Storybrooke? Was it through observing things like unending pregnancies and, <laughs> and things that just weren't changing the way they should? Or did somebody tell him i mean i would assume nobody told him because there isn't anybody else who's on his side besides emma so that's maybe a question that will have to be answered at some point is how did this boy Mm. learn all of this stuff because mary margaret gave him the book yeah but But that must have been fairly recent compared to the pilot episode yep seemed to be hmm and uh the other thing some people were talking in the chat room and live on one, Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time over at noodle.mx. They were wondering. Live. <laughs> yeah, thank you. They were wondering how Mr. Gold was able to get Henry without leaving Storybrooke when he went and got Henry as a baby for Regina. That's a weird thing in and of itself that he knew enough to pick Henry. 
for Regina when Regina wanted a child. Yeah. But how did he go? The implication was almost that he went and got Henry, but how did he do that without leaving Storybrooke? Now, well, he could have hired someone, but yeah. he has to have contact with the outside world. Um, well, you have to remember, um, Henry, Henry found Emma while he was still in Storybrooke. So they do have connections to the outside world. Well, that's true. So I'm thinking maybe he made some phone calls and had someone drop that kid off at the border. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's a, yeah, Well, we know he makes deals in the woods, apparently. <laughs> and he, Which, yeah. by the way, if we have time to talk about a few things about the last episode again, I have got some issues. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I More things have come up as people have been discussing in our comments and now in our new forums. Onespodcast.com slash forums. Really <laughs> <laughs> like a walking hyperlink. <laughs> we, I think we commented in the podcast that Emma should have seen the dimensions on the blueprints and known that it wasn't a mansion. And other people have been talking about how the committee would have known if the mayor was taking money to do something. Otherwise, it's malfeasance. Well, maybe, maybe not. She's kind of got this town set up so that it's wrapped around her finger. So I can kind of buy that. But then there was the whole question of shouldn't Emma have realized that if she had the money to build a mansion, she wouldn't have needed to steal money to buy the land. And why buy so much land for a little playground? Which that may actually come into the story. She may be doing something else with the rest of the land, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think the playground is terribly dangerous. People keep calling it dangerous, but I'm thinking unless the child gets flung 20 feet into the air, they're probably not going to be in danger from the spikiness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did question, and this was nagging at the back of my mind even first run. Why did she build a playground in the middle of the forest? And isn't it kind of a long hike for the children to get out there? Yeah. The placement makes no sense. Maybe she was covering up for her actually building something. Maybe. Something bad. But it's such a weird location that I almost hope that that's, that there's a point to that. She's yeah. she's a snake. She could slither right out of that. <laughs> oh, I'm building a playground. And just for clarification, in case anyone asks, well, is it really the property? When... They talked about being out by Highway 18 and... Or 23. Um, yeah, 23. <laughs> I mean, um, and Emma and Sydney went out there. They saw Mr. Gold, and he did say, she bought some land from me, the very mm-hmm. ground you're standing on. So it right. is that land out there. And then we even see later when Emma goes out there and sees Henry and they talk through the walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. It is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It yeah. is. Yeah, and they, they show... The playground by the side of the road. We could even assume that the woods are close to Storybrooke and we've seen things like Mary Margaret suddenly walking down a forested road and I'm like, how did you get there? I think the biggest problem I have with that is that we never see forest surrounding the town where they typically are. But maybe the woods aren't far away. That's fine. Yeah. But we saw them driving for a bit. Now, if that was all the driving there is, that's walkable, but it seemed like they were driving for a while trying to follow Regina. So I thought that was really strange. But finally, people commented on how quickly the playground was built. Now, maybe we skipped ahead a, at least a couple of weeks. You would it looked think like longer. it was made out of scrap metal. Well, that too. <laughs> but so. the comments between Henry and Emma seemed to indicate that this was the first time they'd spoken since Regina's threat. Yeah. So how did the playground go in so fast? We can assume that she didn't start building it before she bought the land. So all of that stuff, 
really it's just a bunch of complaints, I guess, but it's, it's that kind of thing that the show is so well done in other ways. I hope that they shore up some of these problems in the writing so that they don't start to lose people because I mean, it's so well done in other ways that it would be a shame for that to be the thing that causes people's belief to stop being or people's disbelief to stop being suspended. Maybe the uh, kids playground is a cover up to hide what's really there. Like maybe there's something under the ground that Regina doesn't want found, so she she builds a, <laughs> a thing a to kids attract playhouse. people to it. <laughs> well, I mean that's the perfect disguise. I mean you put you put a playground on top of something. Maybe people, I people think, think they know what's there, so they don't look any deeper. Hmm. Yeah, that's maybe. It, it would be odd. Uh, I just want to do two more feedbacks left. Okay. Um, one from Smokey Joe. He says, hi, guys and gal. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the show once upon a time and decided to search iTunes to see if there was a podcast that discussed it. To my surprise, I found many. You do a great job at being entertaining and informative. Kudos. As a new listener to date, I've only listened to the podcast following True North. I was hoping you could touch on a few general topics in future podcasts. Number one. Henry often describes Emma as the only outsider to enter Storybrooke. However, isn't Henry himself an outsider that would have had to enter the town at some point after living in the real world? Well, yes. But visitors don't come to Storybrooke. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He didn't say visitors can't. He said they don't. But he Mm -hmm. did say people can't leave. So it's a difference of can't and don't. I think. So it's it's odd for someone to come in because that just doesn't happen, but I don't think it means that people can't come in. Right. Number two, he continues, how does a show like this resolve major storyline and how do they drive towards resolution while still allowing the show to have longevity? If the curse is broken, the show is over. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. And that this goes back to Jeremy, your theories of where they could go with this is that mm-hmm. the curse yeah, could be broken this year, could be broken in a couple of years. It's they probably have something in mind. These are good writers, and even though the dialogue isn't all that great, but <laughs> <laughs> they're they good at plots. Maybe not so much good dialogue, right? So they probably have something in mind for when the curse will be bro- broken, how long that might take, and what might happen after it. I wouldn't think that the curse breaking would be the end of the show. So thank you very much for sending in that email, Smokey Joe. And the last thing, you want your mind blown, Jeremy? Um, Jenny? <laughs> oh, sure. Jenny's mind just blew. Hit me. <laughs> Here is uh, a voicemail that may blow your mind with a thought. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Brian Carruthers from the PDNJ Show podcast at pdnjshow.us. I just started watching once and therefore started listening to your podcast. Um, I'm up to episode number five right now, and I noticed that you do a lot of Lost references, and I was wanted to call and try and blow your mind um, with the scenario that somebody's going to watch the entire Once Upon a Time series and then go back and watch Lost looking for all the Once Upon a Time references. Obviously, they won't have the Lost reference, but have the Once Upon a Time reference. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of strange, kind of things that go through my head. So 
guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. And hopefully I'll be calling you real soon. Thank you, Brian, for that email. And I would voicemail. say... Yeah, <laughs> voicemail. <laughs> I would say, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how far in advance they might have been thinking of the show. I would think... I don't think Kitsis and Horowitz even worked on the entire series of Lost. Yeah. I think they came in after a couple of seasons at least. It would be interesting to see if there are fairy tales mentioned in Lost. I don't think there's going to be quite like hidden things in Lost from Once Upon a Time. Unless they yeah. do, unless they pull a George Lucas and go back and re-edit stuff. <laughs> there was a vague reference to Finding Nemo, but they didn't call it by name. Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> I noticed it too. Movie about a fish, Movie or whatever she called fish. it. <laughs> oh, by the way, that reminds me, I can't remember now who said it, but the, the apes reference that we linked to um, Planet of the Apes, someone had said that could also be a reference to... Uh, Wizard of Oz. That's what I was thinking because I was thinking Planet of the Apes that had nothing to do with Disney. But they're monkeys. Yeah. yeah the the apes r- uprising. Apes. And the monkeys. other thing, yeah. <laughs> the other thing <laughs> is that the license plate, the stranger's license plate says Kansas on it. Mm. Well, he's not in Kansas anymore. Maybe he's Toto. Maybe he's yeah, a tin no. man. No, wait. Who would, who from Kansas would want? <gasps> Yes, true. Maybe he's Uncle Henry. <laughs> Maybe. We could overanalyze that stuff easily, and uh, I know some people do overanalyze We really could, things. especially with Aunt Emma. I mean, what? But then he'd have to be no, a different Henry. Oh, is it Auntie M? Or yeah. is it Auntie Anne? No, oh, M. M. Auntie Anne is the pretzel lady. <laughs> Okay, it's Annie, Annie M. Great pretzels, Annie. by the way. If anyone wants to send us coupons for a free pretzel. So maybe he is Henry's father and she's just like really more blonde than we thought. Doesn't recognize him. Oh. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, I'm really just kidding. Because none of this actually, all kinds of connections we could make, but I'm too tired to stretch. Well, we we really appreciate all the feedback that we got from everyone. And there's more feedback, too, that we just don't have the time to get into yet. But we still want to try and get into it soon. But here's the thing. Now that we have these forums, we would love it if you guys would send or post your messages in the forums. That way, the community can talk about it. We can talk about it back and forth with you. And if you want something specifically shared in the podcast that's when you should definitely email it to us. If you just want to share a little theory and get some feedback on it, that's great for the the forums. If you want both, well, then post in both. It's fine. And that way we can reference the forums and everything. So we really want you to be a part of the community over at oncepodcast.com slash forums and join, talk there. We've got sections, like we've got a poll running about who the stranger might be. We've got spoiler and non-spoiler sections about upcoming episodes and so much more in there to come. And we've already got a lot of people that have been joining from just Twitter mentions and some other emails I've sent out. So we really appreciate everyone that's joined over there and is talking in the community. And we would love it if you would too. So go over to oncepodcast.com slash forums. And again, you can sign up with your Facebook account. So you don't have to create another username or password or sign up with your Twitter account. Same thing. Don't have to create a username or password or If you want to, you can create a username and password. It's really easy to sign up and start posting over there. 
So we would love to see you over there at oncepodcast.com slash forums. If you want to send us messages for the podcast, there are several ways that you can do that. Call in to our listener line at 903-231-2221, or you can email feedback at oncepodcast.com, or you can go to the website oncepodcast.com and on the right side, you'll see a little tab sticking out that says send a voice message. That's what Starry Dreamer did, and it's super easy to do. And you can record it straight from your computer, and it sends it straight to us. Or if you have any way to record a message yourself, you can send that to us in audio format attached to an email to feedback at oncepodcast.com, and we can try and include that in the show. Especially keep our number and feedback information after the episode airs this Sunday, and you can share with us what you think about it then. And nice announcement for us in the Lewis household, that's me and Jenny, we now have live TV so we can watch Once Upon a Time live here with our internet connection and the studio nearby too. So what we're going to do this Sunday is we'll have, well, some of us might, might be in the chat room as the episode is going on. I know it's Eastern time airing, so you won't want to be there if you're on the west coast or a different time zone that it's not airing yet but you can join us for a live chat over at noodle.mx slash live on sunday and that will be at 8 p.m eastern time we'll do that and we may even right after the show record an initial reactions and feedback episode short one right after the show so you could even maybe call in and get your thoughts initial thoughts recorded or sleep on your thoughts and send it in through voicemail, email, or go to the website or any of that. Again, that's at oncepodcast.com for all of that information. Sign up for the forums, visit our Facebook page, uh, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast from oncepodcast.com, all of that stuff, and check out the blog posts as we're posting them as well. Some great stuff over there. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at oncepodcast.com. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter as Phlegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Jenny. And you can follow me at Twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. And we really appreciate your being with us. And I'll mention for him, Dan Flynn is at Dan Flynn Design. So thank you so much for all the feedback, everyone. And we hope to hear from you again. Just remember, have a happy ever after, and thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx.